0: From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a small or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. In this episode, we're going to be asking Mike to bring his chosen superpower to this particular episode. So, Mike,
1: what have you got for us? Well, um, thanks for the prompt you I was going to get asked that question. <laughs> my superpower is a cross between Superwoman and Superman. Now, strip out and, and don't bring all the glamour and glitz that was associated with it, but uh, bring in the notion that these were two action figures that were designed to bring good to the communities that, that they, were, they were in. So, Mike, um, super power is super collaborator. So I'd love to see your shirt here. Show me your shirt. And if I were you, I'd make another one of those and make it SC for super collaborator. I think maybe that's the kind of person that would be my hero. Oh wow! I might need to write that on with a
0: big C next to it. So uh, <laughs> that, that that could be a new
1: trend we start off. So super collaborators. Tell me more about these super collaborators. Yeah, a super super collaborator is a person that has a really strong commitment to their community, but uh, is a person that can uh, sort of abstract or set themselves apart from the immediacy of whatever decision needs to be made, so they can perform a neutral third party uh, uh, role. In what our activity is involved, so the super collaborator in my mind is somebody who can not only understand the details of and the intricacies of a specific issue, but can rise above that and see what the the collaboration building need is. It's one issue to one concern to be knowledgeable about what, how to resolve the the, um, the content of the issue that is involved. A second need is to understand what is the nature of the collaboration challenge that's here and how do I deal deal with that? How do I intervene and, and be a productive force in that? So a super collaborator is somebody who can manifest those two kinds of powers at the same time. And so work, work to develop those collaboration skills, but also the mindset of being able to distance yourself from the issue so you can see what the collaboration needs and work on it that's being the person who uh, comes in and, and helps another kind of super super collaborator is the person who is inside the community and they're just the diplomats in the group you know you can usually sense in a in a group once you get to know them a bit who are the diplomats and who have an instinct for wanting the community to, to bond together and, and resolve their issues and you can uh, bring those different kinds of super collaborators in as role models about what does What does cooperation look like in our communities? So if people have been fighting over a budget, for example, there's usually somebody in the crowd or maybe two people, if you're lucky, who have um, the ability as a peer to say the same kind of things that you might want to say as the facilitator of the process. And they, they uh, they are able to say things like, well, help me understand how doing this doesn't address our priorities or how we do this. Uh, keeps us on track for what we say we want to achieve they're playing that informal facilitator role because they just have an instinct to do that so as a person who comes in from the outside hopefully collaborating from building collaborations as a neutral third party i'm looking for those internal champions for those same values and i'm drawing upon them to, to do that another trick i've used that might be helpful again i'm retreating back to my work when there's a lot of conflict is being mindful of in in an in-person meeting who sits next to one another. So often it's productive to have the two most opposed people sit next to each other and then craft a two-person activity where they have to talk to one another and make a recommendation they're going to give to the whole group. Well, a version of that in the online space is has two-person breakout rooms and you do something like that. Or maybe you call on them one at a time, right behind each other. And you tell them you're going to do that. And you're going to say, "Um, Patty and and Jane, um, we're going to have a conversation to figure out what we we all should do. And uh, Jane, I'm going to call on you and ask you to make a recommendation to everybody that you think will meet everybody's needs. And then right after Jane's done, Patty, I'm going to ask you to build on that recommendation and make it stronger and tell us how you would improve that recommendation. So I get the opposed parties to team up with a collective assignment to meet the larger group's needs. If you don't mind another diversion, I'm off on my favorite question on uh, closing the deal and getting people to who are opposed to get to, to agreement. If you're in a situation where um, people are saying, yeah, but I want this, and another person says, yeah, but I want that, so there's a, yeah, a lot of yeah, but behavior, um, what I'll turn to them it, it, often, it, what I'll often do is turn to them with my favorite question. And again, I'll use you you, you and Patty, you and Jane. I'll say, um, Jane, um, why don't you tell us what is the solution that will work for you and work for everybody else in the room at the same time? And I'll turn to Patty and I'll say, Patty, you can build on that if you want, but what is the solution that will work for you and work for everybody else in the room at the same time? So what you're doing is you're taking polarized interests who are there... They think they're there to advocate only for their own personal interests or their own vested interests. And when you ask them my favorite question, what is it you most want to see happen that will work for you and work for everybody else at the same time? You're giving them an, a responsibility to their peers in the room to speak to everybody's needs. And that dynamic has been incredibly helpful over my years.
0: Wow. No, I really love that. I think I'm going to steal that one, Mike. I'm going to definitely make note of that. And as you were talking there about sort of, you know, two opposing people sat next to each other, it reminded me of my probably my very first experience of a really bad meeting when I started off as a young graduate many years ago. And I remember we were in a situation where we were building some technology solutions for our business stakeholders. And the business stakeholders weren't very impressed, to be honest. And in one of the meetings, the senior sponsor had literally walked out the room. Uh, he was so <laughs> angry about the whole situation. And our tech lead at the time, our project manager, he refused to have another meeting with this guy. He was, it, things were so bad. And then they had this great idea that they would get myself and one of my other colleagues to uh, set up a follow-up meeting. And my colleague was an ex-sales person. When we sat down, one of the things she said to me, she said, why are you sat opposite to the stakeholder? And I had no idea. I said, well, then he can see us. And she said, no. She said, sit next to him, because I don't want there to be this impression of a them and an us. And so she's trying to break down those barriers. Now, we didn't go to the extent of actually working together and, and solutionizing or brainstorming together, but I could see the power of that even in terms of a face-to-face meeting where people are sat next to one another, it creates that impression of partnership. So uh, really powerful stuff. So Mike, we're running out of time and I just wanted to give you a final opportunity to give maybe your one biggest tip that you've learned over the years. It could be some advice that you'd like to give your younger self or any
1: advice that you'd like to share with the audience a uh, big big question i think we we'll try to break it into into two two components one is um a bit of advice is in in the world we live in now which particularly here in the united states which is very conflicted and we've had a breakdown in the responsibilities we we show to one another for for our community um the the First big bit of advice is we need a lot of positive forces in, the, in those environments. So you as a, a, another party can come in and say, wait a minute, collaboration building is an incredibly valuable contribution I can make in these communities that are so complex and, and presently quite conflicted. How can I be a positive force in doing that? And the reason I say that that's a bit of advice is there's a vacuum there. And so that space is, is open. For people to do that, and if you can get good at that, you can be recognized as a significant leader because you can make complexity happen. You can you can make good things come from the complex world that, that we we live in. The uh, cliche I use in meeting management is that if uh, I can get people um, to start talking, then I can guide that conversation to some sort of endpoint, even if it's respectful. People respectfully disagree. So that is a contribution I can make. And then once we have the list of the points of disagreement, we can take that off into some other activity and try to deal with it. So be a, be a positive force in your community. And then second is get the requisite skills. Uh, and I know when I left my first career, I was pretty good at working in conflicted environments. Think about people fighting over the natural resources that, that I, I worked with just through the school of hard knocks and, and getting some facilitation training. Uh, I was pretty good at working in those environments. Well, when I retired and decided to to take my skills in a new direction and went into mediator school and got a a lot of training and how to be a mediator and a lot of experience now and and mentoring and coaching on how to do it, my facilitation skills went up by an order of magnitude. So there are uh, parallel or analog skill sets like that that are worth investing your time and energy on. So we don't need to get into the techniques of how to do that. There's plenty of people who are already teaching those. So look, look for an analog sk- skill set. For me, it was mediation skills. And go get those skills and see how they apply to what you want to do in your collaboration work. Oh, great tips there. Thank you, Mike.
0: I really appreciate you sharing those. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of the show. So I just want to give Mike a huge thank you for uh, joining us today and for sharing your insights.
1: Thank you. It's been a wonderful opportunity. Great, great opportunity. Thanks.